Let's do this. everyone and welcome to episode 10 of X Players, your fortnightly Xbox fix from the Crossplayers. I'm Alex, Gamertag SS Alex94, and it's just the two of us again. We're making a bit of a habit this, aren't we, Tyler? Yeah, we are, aren't we? But it's nice, though. Yeah, oh no, it's good, it's good. We do miss Lilina, but once again, she's unable to join us, probably under the sea, doing a bit of Little Mermaid or something this week, maybe. <laughs> we would get straight into some news tonight, Tyler, because... Because there's a lot there. Yeah, there's been quite a lot, but let's let's start with some some lighter stuff. So Microsoft are trying to get me to spend money again, aren't they? Yeah. Another controller. I mean, we we thought the last one was a little bit much, but we now have a lovely Lunar Shift oh, special it's, edition. It's pretty, Europe. though, isn't it? That is pretty. I, I I was very much when this came out. It was like. Nah, this isn't one I need. I don't, I don't need this one, and then I've seen it in that little. It's just tinder. creeping, it's creeping in. Like you're gonna walk past a shop at some point, they're gonna have one in stock, and you're gonna get it. Yeah, so it's going. It's when you see it go from that silver to gold, and that nice metallic finish with the rubber grips again. Because yeah. I do, I now can't use any of my controllers that don't have a rubber grip. I need a rubber grip. That just means there are a few that are now very yeah. redundant. But they're really taking the piss now with this more controllers and games thing and they're leaning right into it because it's very true now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, fair play, it's working for them, isn't it? Like, the, the blue one was nice, the blue camo one, but this is just like, this is really nice. Starting to kind of, I'm like, I'm wondering now, like, do I, can I pass this off as a gift for my little boy? But then will I just get annoyed every time he uses it that he's getting it dirty? Well, is it a, a gift for your little boy, but you're like, but this one's for me and he gets this one and this now becomes his. That yeah. was always my tactic. It would be, but I really like the neon green one. And my brother bought me the razor docking thing to match. So I can't like, I'm not giving that up either. No, but it's not got rubber grip. It hasn't. But after what you said, it's probably a good thing. Because if I get used to it, then I won't want the other ones anymore. That's true. Like my, my Horizon one is still my favourite. Even going to the um, Elite Series 2 that I got and I have been using and still... I'd still say I Just prefer doesn't... my Horizon controller. That's that's certainly my number one. If I had to rank my controllers, that's at the top. And maybe this one will get added to the ranks. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Um, maybe there will be a divorce. I was maybe say, there won't. Drop some hints to the other <laughs> half and see what's there on Christmas morning. It's my birthday coming up. So, oh, there you go. There's two um, opportunities in the next few months. Yeah. I mean, I am getting God of War Ragnarok for my birthday. I'm not sure that. He knows that yet, but I've ordered that and it's coming on my birthday. So that's when it comes out. Take it. So um I'll maybe just see if I can I can slot that one in there as well. Um but speaking of new hardware, so Uncle Phil's been at it again. He really loves to tease us with his shelves, doesn't he? So what what have you been teasing us with this week, Tyler? So you he, saw this first. Yeah, so he has in a tweet, I think it was, um, talking about the twenty fifth anniversary of Fallout. The infamous shelves were on uh, out in force, and right at the top, in the middle of the shelf, next to a special edition controller, is what looks like a tiny baby Series X, a uh, Series S. Sorry, apart from it's definitely not a Series S. And based on like the proportion of that USB port, we're talking about something like 
don't know, about the size of a can of Coke, maybe. So this looks like the, I think it's Project Keystone, which was their streaming, it's supposed to be a streaming puck, but I think realistically that's more of like a, um, like a Roku box or like the Nvidia Shield TV box type thing. It's not gonna hang off the back of your TV. It's gonna sit on a tiny little shelf behind or underneath. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully we see a little bit more about that. I don't think we'll see it before Christmas. I think that would be cutting it too fine. But I think maybe, no. I think Q1, Q2 next year, and I think there'll be a deal there that will have the Keystone device, maybe a controller and X amount of Game Pass for got to be under a hundred quid, probably under eighty. Yeah, I think a hundred dollars. I was going to say that should mean what. <laughs> that should mean a hundred. Doesn't going, matter let, 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 Let's not get into that conversation no, with, with the state of our economy, and definitely not today. Um, but it's it's nice to see this in the wild. But I think what they essentially came out with at the end, and well, what they kind of tried to say was this is an old prototype and isn't necessarily what they're still not quite on a final design for this. So I think they basically confirmed that's what it is. Um, but didn't confirm that's a final design or whatever. But I'm with you. I think Q1, Q2 next year, we'll finally see it. And I think it'll probably coincide with one of the big launches. Yeah. I think you could see this alongside Starfield, maybe Redfall, maybe Forza Motorsport. Um, you're going to see it with one of the launches, basically saying, here comes this, and you don't need an Xbox to play it. You can just have this and yeah. this nice controller and plug that into your TV and you're good jobs to go. are good. And- I, think, I think Starfield more than anything else because that's the first big Bethesda thing that won't be on PlayStation. And it's a yeah. game that I feel like the potential latency stuff, which we talked about with cloud gaming before, is not going to be an issue in the same way. So it's a perfect opportunity for like, here's a nice big open RPG. Anyone who doesn't own an Xbox console but wants to play this game, this is the way to do it. It will cost you 80 quid and you'll get Game Pass for the rest of the year to play whatever you want on it. What you know, so once you've spent your however much time in Starfield, you're gonna have all this other stuff to play. Yeah. No, totally. And I think I really hope they keep the design like a little mini console. I, yeah. I like that because I, I, you're always a bit like, is it going to look like a, a Chromecast? Is it going to look like a Roku? But I think keeping it in line with the Series X and the Series S and maybe calling it something like a... I think, yeah, Series... A, a, a series, series something. Series E, I want to say. Because yeah. I think, was the rumour not always a Series Y? I don't know. I don't know I think because I feel... I don't know, because if you look at it from a spec point of view, S being a little bit lower down the alphabet and X yeah. being obviously quite late on, I feel like something much lower down, some like, you know, A or C for Series C. C. for Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Could be something like that. But I, I hope they keep it making it look like a mini console because it's almost like those little like Nintendo classic minis, isn't it? Yeah. Your little mini SNES and NES and stuff. And I think it's just got that nice form factor that you know what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas it could just look like a little box that looks like anything. Whereas that, I'd quite happily have that sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Or sitting sitting next to the TV. I'm like, look, it's my little mini Xbox, and that's what you use it for. I think at least you know. But we'll see when it finally comes. I'd imagine, as you say, next year. But I'm sure that was one of my crosscast predictions for this year that that would have hit by the end of the year, and it hasn't. Well, doesn't was, look like it's gonna. That was the intention. They've said that it was that. 
they've prioritized other things or they've had a they decided to do a rethink because they the intention was that it would be out by probably now i would have said yeah well we'll keep our eyes peeled for any other post from phil spencer in the shelves because god knows what else could show up on there or has already been there and nobody's noticed yet yeah plenty of plenty of things hiding in those Another thing that happened this week was Xbox hosted their accessibility showcase at the Microsoft Inclusive Tech Lab at the Redmond campus. Um, they focused on a number of topics and initiatives, which included Xbox accessibility guidelines, which are a set of best practices that have been created by experts and members of the disabled community. They also announced the Microsoft Gaming Accessibility Testing Service, MGATS. I'm not sure how. That's a lot a lot of words in that yeah. little acronym there. Um and it's players with disability focus. Um and that's aimed to provide gamers game makers with feedback from disabled users and their settings, menu navigations, course scenarios, the kind of key things that um disabled players are focused on. So I think the key thing around this is to provide a a forum and a method of feedback from the disabled community to game developers to help bridge that gap in accessibility. Um, and it's just a continuation of the focus that Microsoft have really had over the last couple of years and longer probably now around accessibility because it's like right up there on their priority list. It certainly feels like that now, which is great to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's way more up there than it is with with any other any of the other two big players, and that's that's amazing. You know, I think I've, that's one thing that even before the sort of turnaround and the surge that Microsoft are having, that's something they've done well for a long time. And that's something you can only really applaud. Like it's it's excellent to see it. And I know we've there's been games in the last few years where we've all pointed out, even as non-disabled people, there's like this like there's little accessibility settings now that just you know, even for for us, it makes games that a little bit more comfortable, nicer, easier. And the more that that's celebrated and called out and lauded in the way that it has been, the more that, you know, we're gonna start seeing this stuff. And yeah, hopefully there's more of it to come. It sounds like Microsoft are trying to do everything they can to get that channel between disabled players and the people making these games so that it only gets better from here on out. Can't ask for better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting you mentioned the kind of other two players there because I think from the focus that Microsoft have put on this, I'm like, I'm not going to say too much about Nintendo here because I don't feel like there has been a great level like there's been much in the space in the nintendo space but i feel like it's at least started to push sony on a bit because i think if you look at some of the more oh if you look at the much debated the last of his remake for instance one of the big things around that was accessibility options that they added into the game yeah so which allowed a whole new audience for that game around some of the things in they implemented the controls like i think the controller essentially some of the the dual sense Feedback in the control essentially spoke, well, I'm going to get the technical terms wrong here, but it was almost like it communicated through the vibrations of the controller. Yeah. And that was, um, and I, I think the visibility that we've now got for disabled gaming community and um, for accessibility as a whole is definitely driving everything in the right direction. And yeah, some people may be slower to the party than others, but at least there seems to be a bit of traction everywhere. And the more people that get on board and the more people that can play, the better it becomes for everyone. And I think it's just, these are the kind of things you want to see focused on and not a lot of the other stuff that we're going to talk about next and all the fighting and that stuff. You want to focus on these good 
news stories, the things that make a difference, the people who need the difference to be made for them, um, and to make these games accessible because gaming is and should be for everyone and any barriers that still exist, then they want them taken down, um, in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. That is the best way I think I've heard it put for a while. I like that a lot. Yeah, I was really. This put a smile on my face reading it, and not not many things recently have put a smile on my face when I've been reading them. Speaking of having a smile on our face and wholesome and all that, let's talk about something that's not. Uh, shall we move on to the, the business section of our podcast? Because yeah. we seem to need that quite a bit of late. It's been maybe two or three episodes since we've actually spoken about the acquisition, I think. Definitely didn't speak about it much in the last one. Yeah. Maybe it was the one before. Yeah, they had, a, they had a few weeks off from the gossiping and the script writing. Firstly, so the CMA came out with their key concerns over the acquisition. And it's probably fair to say the main things that they came out with were Call of Duty again, high level. It was Call of Duty, competitive advantage around subscription services, competitive advantage around cloud gaming. I think we're all fed up listening to this, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when do they think this will go through? What, less than 12 months from now? Yeah. yeah. March can't come soon enough. March yes, is the exactly. deadline that they've set for this, and I think for a finalisation of the deal by June. So most people just want to get on with it, and they're tired of it. It's funny that we, you know, we can laugh about it and moan about it, and it's something we talk about every time we do a podcast. But ultimately, it just needs to happen. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not going to get held up. Just stop bitching about it and get on with it. Yeah, I had to laugh when um, was it was it yesterday or the day before Xbox tweeted out about be careful what trolls you might find in your candy this Halloween and it was yeah. all the little quotes from all the places. random tweets like yeah. random just like anime profile picture and name and ten numbers yeah Twitter accounts uh, you had to laugh at that because it's constant like and it goes both ways this is not a PlayStation thing and it's not an Xbox thing it's not a Nintendo right. thing it's just a it's a fanboy thing, basically. That if the first tweet that goes against anything that Sony posts, anything Xbox posts, anything Nintendo posts, is that they're either the shit or the other one is better. And you're like, yeah, oh, come on. That noise, that noise sums it up well. Yeah. But Tired of this shit, move along. Indeed. Still getting some little tidbits that are coming out of the Brazilian case, but one of the ones that came out this week, and again, this came from gamesindustry.biz, was we finally got a little insight into how lucrative Game Pass actually is. So, in the calendar year 2021, it had revenues of $2.9 billion. Um, and that is purely Xbox Game Pass console subscriptions. That's not PC Game Pass. Um, and that was 18% of the overall Xbox revenue, which is huge. Yeah, that is big. That is very big. I mean, I'd still like to. I'd like to see that broken down into how much it was actually profit. But equally, as long as it's in the black, I don't think they care at this point. And and I think that is a key thing here because there's so many arguments like Xbox Game Pass is not sustainable. Xbox Game Pass can't make any money. Xbox, but I mean, if it's getting revenues like that, then it can. Obviously, yeah. we don't know the ins and outs of the deals that they make to bring the games, but we've seen a little bit of that. The Arc Games, Arc One and Two, it is had to disclose how much they'd received from PlayStation to put their first game on Game Pass. No, sorry, on, yeah, on, PlayStation, on PlayStation Plus. Plus compared to, to six is it six months or three months on Game Pass? I think, I think it was one it was one month in PlayStation Plus compared to six yeah. months in Game Pass. And I think it was yeah, what was that's it, right. 
I don't have the numbers in front of me. This isn't just me trying to talk off the top of my head. So these might be wrong, but I think it was about four million dollars or four and a half million dollars they had to pay Sony for a month compared to two point nine million for three months on Game Pass for the first game. And for the second game, Game Pass have paid two point nine million dollars for three years. Which that is that's a good deal if that game does well. Um, yeah. Common day ones. So, Wildcard received two and a half million dollars relating to the Arc One perpetual license for the first half of twenty two, and a deferred two point three million related to bringing the upcoming sequel to Game Pass. In contrast, Sony paid them three and a half million to bring Arc One to PlayStation Plus for a period of five weeks. Yeah. So I wasn't far wrong. I was quite wrong, yeah. but I mean, I was I was ballpark. That yeah. wasn't bad off the top of my head. Um, yeah. but. I mean, it's quite interesting to see how these deals, and obviously, I think we know every deal on Game Pass is different. There's no, there's not a standard no. method. There's no standard formula, standard contracts. Like every deal is done individually based on the developer. I mean, for something like that, they might have paid for a lot of the development costs for Act Two or given some capital into the studio. Again, yeah. we don't, we don't know that. We don't know the deals, but it's, it's nice to finally see some of this information. I mean, I'm, I'm qualified accountant this numbers make me happy um so seeing some of this stuff when uh, microsoft are so stingy with the information that they put out there in terms of xbox it's nice to get a little bit of an insight into it and i'd love to see the economics of it all um but that's just the, the geek at heart that i am i'd love to get that spreadsheet and go right through oh yeah it all. Um, yeah i think there's a lot of people that would i can understand that but yeah good, good to at least see a little bit of it and Obviously, that number is only going to get bigger because that's at a time when you're still getting so many people in on like the $1 trials or you're getting them in in so yeah, many and other the, ways. And if they yeah, can... Conv- two, or three per- two or three percent of us, they've got like, you know, three years for not even 100 quid. Yeah. So there's, there's certainly potential for that number to grow. But obviously, we're, we're never going to know how sustainable Game Pass is. We're never going to know how profitable Game Pass is because Microsoft are never going to tell us. No, especially not at the moment. Should we talk about some games? Yes. That's yes, really that's really what we're, what we're here for. So this, as we're recording on Friday the 14th of October, today's Scorn finally hit Xbox Game Pass on day one. Um, Xbox exclusive, so there's been quite a little bit. Quite a little bit. That doesn't really make much sense. It's been a bit of hype behind this one, and it's been come to a very, very mixed reception. Um, to an extent, when I say very, very, like some of the most strangest review scores of a game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so you've got two out of tens and ten out of tens, nine out of tens, four out of tens. Like, they are literally all over the place. The entire way up and down the scale uh-huh. is generally like they. Generally, it's kind of like between there's maybe three out of ten points in it it's anything between like a five and an eight or a six and a nine or whatever yeah and you, you get the odd outlier but this is like there is absolutely no consistency anywhere no and it, and it's really it's not even when you read some of the the details the reviews like they're so conflicting so i think one of the things that a general criticism seems to be the combat in the game i haven't tried it yet i don't know have you have you had I've not. I've played about fifteen twenty minutes, and I don't think it's for me. But whether I will, when I have a little bit more time, like force myself through an hour or two and see if it hits a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think initial 
initial f thoughts for me are kind of like it's not it's not my thing it's not that it's a bad game because i haven't played enough to make that distinction and i think there are a lot of things that it does that will be for plenty of people but the lack of any kind of guidance and the puzzliness of it as a combination i don't necessarily get on well with yeah that I've played games like that before yeah that's what appeals to me so that that, that that's the bit that appeals to me and the bit that puts me off is that the gore and the and the not i don't think it's really horror it's more no it's it's my... it's like obscure and uncertain and morbid almost yeah um but i suppose a a divisive game is a game that gets discussed and a game that gets um airtime a game that yeah. gets so i mean all publicity is good publicity in that way but i think if you look at open critic and metacritic which are the the key things these days that's all people seem to care about um so i think the last i looked at was 72 on metacritic and 71 on open critic and given how diverse those scores have been to still be sitting up at 71 and 72 i think it's not bad going um, yeah, but what I found more interesting was when you read some of like the, the little synopsis um, and it was like one was this game is so intense and you will never be bored and the start of the next one was like it looks great but you're going to be bored the whole way through there was so many conflicting things within the synopsis like are you all playing the same game? like how can one person be like you will not be bored at any point in this game and one person be like nothing, nothing happens you're bored like literally that's two different yeah. reviews over the scene oh yeah yeah but then i suppose it depends it's what you maybe not what you're going expecting but it's what you enjoy and what you look for maybe yeah like if you go if you're going into this knowing that it's basically portal but darker morbid and with less guidance and that's your thing then you're probably not going to be bored i mean the little bit that i played where i kind of like i'm starting to piece together like this first big open puzzle area and I'm like okay so you go here and you can do this but this has to get to this something has to get to here to here to here and I'm like I just need to I need some context like the I just need to know why I'm doing this yeah so for me I'm like I don't get it and because it's slow very quiet and it's supposed to be atmospheric I get that um and I'm maybe not mature enough in my taste to appreciate that but there'll be other people like Mark, like Smart, he's going to play this game and just be like all over it. Yeah. He is going to fucking love it. I won't but, be surprised if quite a few of the guys do. Yeah. And apply it. But there's games that have come out like, so I bought Nia Automata today, which I know you hate. And I know oh, that, like, <laughs> Ben's enjoyed it. Max loves it. A few of the other guys have said really good things. And I've watched like two or three videos and they're saying very, very different things. And I feel like I kind of am a bit at that point now with games where I won't read a review, I won't read two or three reviews on a game and decide whether I like it or not. I'll if a few of you guys are like, you know, you'll like this, then yeah, fair enough. Or there's there's two or three reviewers out there who, when they review a game, I'm consistently like, yeah, I completely like I'm on the same wavelength as you. So if they say a game is good, I'll buy that game. But otherwise, I could read ten reviews and decide that's not for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it's one of these debates that there's never going to be a right answer to that debate, isn't it? Like, yeah. 
and people as again it goes back to the same story and this is just grumpy old man Alex coming back out again tonight and the be all and end all is not the score it's whether you think it's a game you're going to enjoy and I think the wonder of game pass is you can try it and if you enjoy it you love it brilliant and if you don't then you delete it and it yeah. wasn't for you yeah, that is that is the best thing about Game Pass and you know having demos. But also, like we live in a world of of YouTube. Like, there's most games, and I know not all of them. There's most games you can sit and watch someone do a let's play for the first hour, and you will get a very good feel quite quickly of is this the sort of thing I want to put money and my time into. That's mm-hmm. the best review you can give a game is sit and watch someone. Don't give their opinion on it. Just play an hour or two of it. See what you think. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. But I hope I hope it does well. I think a lot of time and effort has gone into it. And I think there's a lot seems to be a lot good about the game, um, for the right people. And it's going to yeah. you're either going to like it or not. But all you can do is try, and that's what I'm going to do. And I very much think this probably isn't going to be a game that I'll enjoy because I'm a little bit of a shit bag when it comes to these things, for whatever. A better term, but I'll certainly try. I'll certainly try it and see how I get on. What have you actually been playing then, Tyler? Let Let's talk about the stuff we've been playing. Yeah, so there's, there's a few things. So I, I finally got round to playing all the way through As Dusk Falls, which I've wanted to play since it came out. Since you played it, because um, you kind of sold me on the idea, and I started playing it as a. You know, the little bit of time me and my wife get at the end of the day where we sit and watch an episode of whatever TV show. I was like, right, we've finished the series. We'll start this. It's like, it's not... So my wife hates, like, button noises from controllers. I'm like, there's going to be minimal of that. It's more of a, you know, make a decision or look here, look there sort of thing. Um, And we played the first episode together. And she was like, I like the idea of it. She was like, I find it quite intense. She was like, for the time of night we're playing it, I'm just not, I'm tuned out. So I played five out of six episodes completely on my own. Um, yeah, it's it's exceptional. That is one of the best written stories in in anything for a long time. TV, games. I don't read, to be fair. I was going to say books as well, but yeah, I don't read enough to make that a fair comparison. Um, the writing, the voice acting, and to an extent, I think even the art style of it is is excellent. I yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. No, I I completely agree. Um, I think it does so much right. Um, I I've said it before. I've spoke about this game quite a lot, and I, I'm at that stage. I want to go back and play it again. Um, I had I was almost going to jump straight back into it and go through it again to try and explore some of the routes that I didn't take. But I think I've left it long enough now that I'd quite like to go back and do it. And I think I'm going to do it on my phone this time. Yeah. Um, and just sit and play through it that way. Um. And try it again, but no, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Um, I think it I don't think it got enough I personally don't think it got enough praise and um no. claim that it deserved and I, I feel that it probably it didn't go under the radar because there was a lot of focus on it, but I, I certainly think it could have got a lot more focus than it did yeah, get. I think I think when you think of the other stuff that is of a similar nature in the last few years, like Life is Strange is the, the one that comes to my mind a lot. And that got, you know, it gets lauded all the time. And I'm not saying it's a bad game, it's not. But I tried to play that game. I got maybe an hour, hour and a half into it. And I just didn't, it didn't grab me in the same way. 
I played one episode of those Dust Balls, which is what, 45 minutes, an hour max. I was like, no, I, I care. I care. I want to see what happens. And I feel like this, I feel like as a game as Dusk Falls deserves as much credit, if not more, than Life is Strange got or gets. Yeah. And it's a shame that it hasn't got that. Because I think if I then even compared it to the quarry, um, and I liked the quarry, I enjoyed the quarry, and I played the quarry not too far, not too long after I played as Dusk Falls. Um, But you still had that whole element of controlling the characters, wandering around, exploration. Where with As Dust Fall, you didn't have that, really. It was all about the story. It was all about making decisions. You didn't have that added element of exploration much. I mean, it's been a wee while, but there wasn't too much. Whereas it was very much about the story, the story progressing, you making decisions yeah. is going on. You weren't just wandering around. And I think taking that out is a massive benefit to the game because it's so focused. Yeah. Yeah, it does that very, very well, is that it it hones you in on there's just enough interactivity for you to care and for you to feel involved beyond just watching it, but not so much that it takes away from the experience of seeing what's going on. Yeah. No, I, I'm, so, def- I'm definitely going to try it again. Yeah, I think, to be honest, in, in a year's time, I might play it again as well. Um because yeah, it's. I'd like to see some of the avenues that I didn't go down. It might get, I might be lazy and YouTube and read and all that sort of stuff to see some of the potential ways things could have gone differently. But I would like to play it again eventually. Cool. Um, I have been playing more Lonely Mountains downhill, which I go through phases of. I think we did it. Basically, we did it as our as the last week of our cross seasons challenge for this season. Um. So the challenge got me playing it again. I did obviously the challenge that we ran last week, which was the fastest time any of us could get down a particular level. Um, and then when I was getting frustrated with doing that challenge, I've gone back and done some of the like free rider challenges for I think probably two thirds of the levels now. So just trying to get from top to bottom without crashing once. It doesn't have to wow. be quick. That, that... It just has to be top to bottom. That must be difficult. It's not too bad. So what I'm in the habit of doing now is because you have a level of a tier of challenges before that where it's like do it on a specific bike in a specific time with less than X amount of crashes or it's just do it in X amount of time on this bike. And so I'll go through and do all of the like the quick, you know, I crash 200 times but I'll get down quick enough. And then... You do it again and it's like, well, I can only crash this amount of time. So this is where I want to take a risk to make a time. This is where I don't. Um, so by the time you get to the free rider one, you're just like, I'm going to put a bike on that is pretty hard wearing and robust. And if I fall 30 foot off a cliff, I'll just bounce. Um, and you just take it really slowly. But yeah, I mean, they are. They are hard, but what an exceptional little indie game. Yeah, It's really um, stood the test of time, hasn't it? Because it's, I mean, that's... Yeah. Two or three it's years has been out. Yeah. So I was going to say about two or three years it's been out and it's still as relevant today. They're still bringing content out for it today. It's been well supported, well loved. I mean, I think any time we have it within cross seasons and we're jumping in and out of it, people love to go back into it or love to hate going back into it. Is that maybe I guess a good way of putting it? But it, yeah. it certainly it's done well. Yeah, it has. It's done really well. And um I, in all honesty, I'll probably put another couple of hours in before I get 
tired of it again for this stint and then I'll go back and I'll end up 100%ing it eventually. It's just how many, you know, goes back around again it takes me. Sheer dedication. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the um the big one for me especially this week is um is Trifox which we were provided a code for um a little bit early and so I've had that since I think I installed it on Wednesday. I've played, I think I've played between two and three hours. Um, my son actually played it, just sat on his own for an hour yesterday. Um, so he's five and he basically enjoyed watching me play it so much the day before. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, it's simple enough. He'll he'll get it. So I let him play for an hour yesterday and he loved it. He spent all the coins I'd spent the last two or three hours <laughs> saving up, but he loved it. Um, Got to love our children, yeah. don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love them to bits. I'm definitely not putting the Xbox controller where he can't reach it from now on. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's really, really good fun. It is just a, it's a clever, light-hearted... There's little bits of it that remind me of something like Tunic in yeah. a little bit of the styling. Um, but the, the biggest thing I can, I can feel about it is, like, old-school Crash Bandicoot vibes. Big time. So I played a little bit of this as well. Um, now not as much as you, and I think I've only maybe played the first main level, maybe a wee bit more. Um, but yeah, I can completely see where you're coming from that in terms of that Crash Bandicoot vibes. Probably just doesn't have the same pace as Crash Bandicoot is maybe where I would say, but that might no. just be where I, where I've got to in in the game. No, 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 that's you're absolutely right. Like the pacing is different, and that actually I think is to its credit where you get a few levels later on and there's it's more complex than that and the almost like isometric -y side to it starts to come out a little bit more and where you pick your you pick a class and you can drop skills in and out of different classes to mix and match how you want it to how you want your playstyle to be it does that very very well but simply at the same time and that's a really hard balance to strike I think and it does it very very well um so you get to, I think I've done all of the first world now. So I beat the first world boss last night. So it's three normal levels um, and then a world boss for each world. And I think it's three worlds. Um, and yeah, the first one is quite simple. Like, you know, very Crash Bandicoot, fairly quick-ish pacing. Um, second one's maybe a little bit slower and there starts to be like puzzles and a yeah. bit more challenging with the platforming. The third one, I think the first two, it took me like 10, 15 minutes to do a level. Not a big deal. Fine. The third level, 30, 40 minutes it took me to finish it. It's, That's quite it's a jump. To it. Yeah, it's a big jump. And the, the difficulty jump is actually quite big as well. Um, you know, you, you start getting overwhelmed with enemies. You start, I've, I went back and did the first few levels a couple of extra times to get more of the coins, to go and buy more abilities, to try different things and start mixing it up a little bit, which has been really good. And then your son spent them all. Yeah, and then my son spent the rest of the points. <laughs> I spent. I was like, I'm gonna be really like, I'm only gonna put a couple of points into this or a couple of points into that, and then I come back and the ten thousand coins I've saved up, he's just burnt. I had like two hundred left. Um, but yeah, it's it's an excellent, really fun little game. I'm really looking forward to finishing it, playing more of it. Um, I would recommend it to, to anyone who who enjoyed Crash Bandicoot, who's enjoyed something like Hades, the sort of isometric-y, um, class-based 
upgrade tree type stuff at a very a very high level there's not necessarily the depth of something like Hades but for someone who doesn't want the depth and doesn't like the roguelike side of Hades so much um, yeah it's brilliant it looks great it's fun very like all ages something about it you know like my five-year-old can play it and I'm you know I've played a lot of other more grown-up games and I like sitting and playing it it's it's brilliant really really enjoyed it well I look forward to playing more of it um to say I have picked it up too and I am it was one of those little games that I'd noticed quite a few months ago and it'd been a little on the radar I think it's come out now and it was released yes yesterday yesterday, I want to say yesterday um it's been out for a couple of days anyway um and it feel like it's really fallen under the radar I think I had a little look to see if I could see any reviews and I couldn't even find any which is a shame um hopefully so go and have a look try fox it's called um available on all platforms but it's definitely an xbox um have a little look spend a few quid on it i think it's going to be worth it um seems to be a nice definitely worth it nice little game um so yeah what about you alex what have you been what have you been playing the last few weeks it's gonna be a big list knowing you it's really not which is really depressing to be honest like i've i've had very very little very little time to play games over the last couple of weeks probably probably why i'm so grumpy um, because I've, I've not had the time I've to had your fix. Yeah, I've not had my fix and I blame the government. Um, <laughs> but it, it's um, I have played, so I've played a little bit of Trifox as you mentioned. I have been playing Lego Brick Tales, which I covered on Crosscast this week. So if you've not heard, go listen to Crosscast 90. You'll hear my thoughts on Lego Brick Tales, but I definitely enjoyed it. I was playing that on Xbox with an Xbox controller, but I would probably recommend if you're going to pick it up, pick it up on PC, um, or and use a mouse. Just make your life a bit easier building Lego with a mouse. I would say than it does trying to do it fiddly with a controller. Um, very much my kind of game. Very, very. I'm very much a Lego fan, um, and a game fan. So perfect combination. Other than that. I did finally finish Immortals Phoenix Rising and I know we spoke about that last time we were talking. Um so I had done three had I had done three of the gods yeah, by that point. Three out of four of the areas. Yeah. So I got the last god and then that fucking mountain. <laughs> yeah, it's rough, isn't it? Ah. Uh-huh. I like I don't think I'm ever getting to the top of this mountain. Um for people who have played the game, I think you probably understand, but that that felt that felt unnecessarily long, that section. Yeah, um, I think as well, like, you've kind of, because you've done the first three and they're all quite similar, and then to have this one where there's a lot more verticality, I think I remember not finding it too bad because I'd gone and I'd done everything in that game, like, absolutely everything, every puzzle, every collectible, one area at a time. So by the time I got there, I'd, like, I'd upgraded everything. Like, nothing was going to touch me, pretty much. I could, like, you know, use all the different abilities to get halfway up the mountain in one fell swoop sort of thing. But yeah, if you've not gone, if you've not gone mad and got loads of upgrades, I can see how it'd be frustrating in that last area. Yeah. So I got to the end, I finished that, enjoyed that. It was probably seven, seven and a half out of ten for me. If I had to yeah, score that's it, that's probably where it'd land. But that was only took me two years to finish it. But we got there. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give I'll give a tick to Game Pass for that because I don't think I'd ever gone back and finished it on my PlayStation. Um, but it's done now. The only other thing I've really been playing, and again, this has been quite minimal, but I have started, is the 10th anniversary content on Forza Horizon 5. 
um, which I, I was like. going to ask you about this. Yeah, so I've not played much yet. I've started some of the stories, but it just feels nice. That little hit of nostalgia, some of that music coming back in with the new radio station and some of the classic tracks from over the years. Um, it's nice. It's it's homely. It's warming. It's it's everything that I talked about earlier that we need sometimes. Yeah. And it's very much that's Forza Horizon 5's 10th anniversary content for me just now. It's like, it's just... um, It's comfort food almost. Yeah, it is very much that. Um, I'm looking forward to finishing it. I think after we're done here, I'll probably jump back in, get a little bit more on the go. Um, But it's nice seeing... That'll be be something all three of us talk about next time because that's one game that all three of us will go back to whenever there's a content drop for. And it's that way you go in and basically how it, how it sets up the story. It's like the cover cards from each of the game all kind of coming together. Um, nice. And then you kind of going off on the Horizon tour or the Horizon story for like the history of Horizon, essentially, and bringing back like some of the characters and stuff from the games. Although it never really had the games, but obviously there was a slight story to each of the games, whether it was in the early yeah. ones getting the wristbands and upgrading the festival and all that, to obviously that's changed quite a bit over the iteration to the games and over the years to the level that it's at now and the volume of content that's in the game now um but it's just nice to kind of feel how how it's progressed and see those see the progression across each of the different games and the strengths that each of them had like you wouldn't the series has obviously got better with every iteration but there's probably specific bits about each game that you would like to have seen in each of the other ones because even with five yeah. there was bits out of maybe three and four that you would have liked to see in five even one and two to an extent and now you've got like the midnight battles coming back um what you can do to win to win cars you've got the extra story you've got the whole seasonal events is set up around like a 10th anniversary so you've got a whole month of different bits and nice. going on within the game as well but i mean it's forza horizon it makes me happy yeah. I like to yeah. take some pictures, I like to, to do all that, which is another reason why I was a little bit not too happy with that controller, because it doesn't have the button in the middle for taking a picture. Doesn't it? No, that, that. That, but it has that. a button in the middle, which is for switching between different profiles on the controller, but it doesn't. you don't have a share button. And I like a share button, because I like to share and annoy people with all the pictures that I've taken horizon yeah. generally okay so you're talking about your elite controller for whatever reason yeah. i thought you were talking about this new no 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 I was gonna say, I'm when, sure... I, when i was going back to the the slight moans i was having on my elite controller um uh, that was that's probably my biggest gripe that i can't just take a picture yeah that's fair enough i i don't use that button at all so that wouldn't bother me but yeah i know how much you love a photo mode i do i do but that <laughs> Other than a few games of FIFA, that's really been it. Um, um, I'm really disappointed at how little time I'm getting just now to, to spend on games, but I really hope that might pick up again over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll change. It's, well, it's kind of going to have to coming into this time of year, isn't it? Like all the, the busiest part of the release calendar for the year is going to kick off from basically now. Yeah, and, and I suppose just thinking of that over the next couple of weeks, and I've, I've not done a whole what's coming to Game Pass section, what's leaving Game Pass, because we covered all of it in the last episode and we've not really had any yeah. change since then. So, I mean, we've no, still got... Probably like, we're a few days shy of the second half of the month yeah. announcement, which we'll probably get any time between now and Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Yeah, but I mean, we've still got, we know we've got um, Plague Tale Requiem next week, then week end of next week, we've got Persona 5, um, you've got Gotham Knights coming next week, not to Game Pass, but just in general, a game which I'm yeah. still really tempted to pick up, even though everything I've seen and all the negativity around oh, it, there's no, something don't. really want me want to play. Don't. Not after living in a Vida Loca. Just don't do that. I know, do but it. There's just there's a little bit of me that wants to play it, and I really don't know why, but there is, and I might give it give it till Christmas because it'll either get lauded and you'll feel justified in it, or it won't, and that's enough time for it to drop in price massively, or come to Game Pass. Yeah, be like the Avengers all over again. That's what I'm expecting at this point. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, I I hope. It's enjoyable, at least, and we'll see, I guess, when the reviews come out next week. But I'm currently hanging fire. I'm pressing that pre-order button. And it's not like I don't have any other things to play. No. We can can see when we get to the next episode whether I've I've, I've bought it or not. And we'll have even more additions to Game Pass at that point as well. But I think... Thank you once again, Tyler, for all your... And put in tonight and putting up for a very grumpy old, up with a very grumpy old man. Um, ah, you're hard on yourself. You're not. You're not grumpy at all. It's Friday night after a long week. I think I'm allowed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you like what you've heard, then please head over to thecrossplayers.com where you can find links to our other podcasts, our socials, and our Discord. So please come by and say hello. You can also head over to patreon.com forward slash thecrossplayers where you can support us from as little as two pounds per month. There's various tiers giving various perks and you also get access to our WhatsApp group and some of our some of our older podcasts, including a lot of the old Desert Island cartridges or bonus podcasts. There's loads in there to get you used. Um, thank you to all of our existing patrons. We've got Ethan Hans, Dicky Simpson, Nate Ellingsworth, Max Wright, Carol Hughes, Sean Hughes, Jason Frost, Sarah Purbrick, Rebecca Rudranath, Luke Cooper, Kevin Scully, Mark Hammond and Rune Stone. Your support allows us to do this and it means a lot. So thank you once again. Um, I think that's it for us tonight, Tyler. Yeah, that's it. Thank you everybody for listening. And we will hopefully see you next time. Goodbye. Bye everyone.